So this morning, uh, we continued with wonder. We looked at this idea again that we are uh, fearfully and wonderfully made, knitted together uh, in our mother's womb. That we have the image of God within us. I made a conclusion about myself, which seemed very selfish, and then opened it up to everyone else, which made it seem less selfish. But each of us is wonderful. Each of us is wonderful. We may not feel like it. We may look at the things we do and question it, but when we read the word and we see what God has to say about us as his children, made in in his image, we can conclude that we are wonderful. We looked at the fact the world isn't okay with this, that since creation the devil has looked to devalue our wonder. He did it to Adam and Eve, tried to do it with Jesus and does it with us daily. Looked at this idea, if you weren't with us this morning, set out um, uh, uh, an action point for us to, to read our Bible every day. For the next seven days, just commit to reading the Bible. Why? Because when the devil came and tempted Jesus, Jesus answered every time it is written, it is written, it is written. If it was good enough for Jesus, stood face to face with the devil, I would suggest it's probably good enough for us with the things that we're facing. So we looked at this idea of how important that was to have the word in our lives. This evening, I want to look at this idea of if we were made with wonder within us and we can conclude that the world doesn't necessarily get that. How do we keep that wonder running? What is it that we source ourselves with? If we use the word to be able to stand strong against some of the challenges that we face, what is it that we can have that sources us? that connects us, that keeps us engaged. And I believe, and I think through Scripture we see, is prayer. We are wonderful. Not necessarily because of what we've added to ourselves, degrees, educations, qualifications, all the other things. They're great, but we are wonderful because of who God made us to be. That's crucial that we hold on to that because that truth is what should motivate us to keep pushing on. That truth is what should inspire us. That truth should stop us listening to the lies of the world and letting ourselves be dragged down and drawn into things that we don't need to be involved in. So if we are wonderful and we need sustaining and a source... I believe that source is God, and I believe the the way we sustain that is prayer. I do believe it is prayer. So I said, we're going to invite Kath up, who's going to come and read for us this amazing passage where Jesus just begins to break down prayer for us. Thank you, Kath. It's in Matthew 6 and verses 5 to 13. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, Go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father, who is unseen. 
then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Amen. We see it throughout the life of Jesus that prayer is important. We see this foundation of everything that he does, that prayer is a crucial part of living a life with God. And I would assume, uh, because I know many of you, we know this. We know it's important. For many of you, bless you, over the last couple of weeks, you've been bombarded with Psalm 139, this idea of being fearfully and wonderfully made. We are beginning to know that. We know we should read our Bibles. We know we should pray. But I want to ask the question, I want to challenge us this evening. Do we really know it? Do we really know it? Because when I really know something, that makes me act. So if I knew Greg's tomorrow was going to open and they were going to charge 10p for all of their pastries, I'd be there. I'd be there. I'm there if it's full price, so I know on the days there's a sale I'm going. If we really know something, it stirs something within us. There is a response. So I ask us again, we know we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We know we should be reading our Bible. We know we should be praying, but do we really know it? Because I think if we're honest, there are times when it doesn't necessarily stir the reaction in us. It should. We become very comfortable with these words in church. So I want to break it down for you. I've had the privilege of spending time looking at some of these passages and I've kind of created something that I think gives us some understanding of where we are. God made the earth. He made the plants, animals, the sun, the moon, the stars, the thunder, and humans. That God knitted you together. He made you. He made you unique. And he made you with the stamp of his image within you. That in itself is outrageous. That's just, we could stop here, we could just sit, and if we actually let that sink in, that creator God who made everything we see around us took the time to be involved in us, that's mad. But then we can look at the fact that we have the Bible. As we looked at this morning, we have this incredible account of kings and prophets, books of poetry, of law, an actual account of how Jesus lived when he walked the earth. And we have it in our hands freely, on our mobile phones, on the internet. It is available to us. Sometimes we move past that. So if the book doesn't appeal to you, if 
Maybe some of the other stuff is a bit challenging. Then as we come to tonight, we come to this point. God, the creator God. The creator God who is bigger than Bono, bigger than the Spice Girls will be in Wales tomorrow evening, bigger than Liverpool Football Club next Saturday evening, bigger than the Welsh rugby team as they travel to Japan. The God who is bigger than all of those things, bigger than the biggest things we face, bigger than the biggest people we admire, that great big God that we sing about, he wants relationship with us. That God wants relationship with us, not just as passing friends, not as old school friends that maybe we drop in and see every now and then or send a postcard to when we're somewhere that reminds us of the past. God wants to be in our lives daily, And he invites us through prayer into daily conversation with him. We need to stop. Like I could genuinely stop now. That kind of fact, that kind of truth should shatter our lives. That should transform everything. The creator God who made everything that we see and touch is involved in things that we can't even get our heads around. Is so good, so big, just so much God, and then we read that he wants relationship with us. That's outrageous. That's unbelievable. That should be everything that we need to hear. But yet we seem to find ourselves getting distracted when it comes to prayer. We find ourselves getting distracted. We find ourselves getting sidetracked. We find sometimes it can be quite a challenge We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm quite content to bang on about that weekly until people start seeing it. Because I have the privilege of looking out from here and seeing it in people, having conversations in the week, watching the way people respond to others, the way that people live their lives. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Then we have this incredible book, full of guide, full of understanding, full of wisdom. And then we have this opportunity to have a direct line to God personally. A direct line to him personally. If you want to know how wonderful you are, if you think, ah, Tim, stop banging on about it. Psalm 139, we get it. If you want to understand how much that's true, God invites you to converse with him. I'm going to throw it out there, probably the most important person I can think of that I've ever had a conversation with. Probably I'm going to go with Timmy Mallet at Radio One Big Weekend once when it was in Western Supermare. Like, I just don't talk to people that are important. Like, you could say some counselors, but they come and go. You know, Timmy Mallet, a lot of people have no idea who he is. Mallet's Mallet, great program of my childhood. We talk to these people. Mark sent a selfie because he met some of the dancers from Strictly the Dancers because he's in Cardiff. These people come and go, yet we seem to engage with them. We seem to put them on a pedestal. And yet here we see Creator God is saying to us, I'm here for you to chat to. I'm here for conversation. I'm here for relationship. And you know what? And I've got to say it of myself That doesn't really do enough for me as it should. That truth in itself should leave us broken and weeping. The creator God has time for us. 
That he was willing to send Jesus to the cross is one thing that I can't even begin to get my head around as much as I study it. I still don't understand just the, the generosity and the love that is poured out in that moment. And yet, that isn't where it ends because then he says, you know what, and ongoingly, I am here for you. I am here with you. Jesus sent his spirit to be with us and to intercede for us so that we can have this direct line to God. It's safe to say this week I've concluded that I have undervalued prayer for the last 35 years of my life. And I will not make that mistake again. I just want us to look briefly at two points that Jesus makes that I think we can overlook sometimes as we get to the Lord's Prayer. In verse 5 onwards we read, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. We can conclude from that short passage that prayer is one of those amazing things that we as humans, even back then, have managed to make into something gaugeable. Something that allows us to evaluate where people are at. Something that gives us a way of feeling like we've got it all together or someone is more spiritual, all these other things. Somehow people made prayer about them. What I conclude is that you are not special because of your prayers. You are not special because of your prayers. You are amazing because of you. The greatest prayers don't make us any better. The greatest prayers don't add anything to who we are. Why? Because Jesus says, you know what? It's as beneficial to go away when no one sees it. In a room, just you and God, and pray. I had a conundrum at this point because we like to hold prayer meetings. So I looked at it. Does this mean no more prayer meetings? Genuine question I asked myself this week. Should we hold prayer meetings if we read the words of Jesus? I've come to this conclusion, and those of you that like prayer meetings will be encouraged. I don't think it's the end of prayer meetings. I do not. But I do think we can look at this point. If you are not willing, and I include myself in this, if you are not willing to go into a room on your own when no one else is watching and no one else is listening. If you're not willing to do that, then I honestly don't think God is that bothered about you rolling out when we have big prayer meetings in the church. I don't think he's that fussed. Because what I read here is that prayer is not about how we appear. Prayer is about the relationship we have with God. And we can do that in the privacy and the quiet of our own homes. God wants your heart. He wants relationship with you. And that doesn't come from stage relationship. It comes from investment when no one else is watching. So please, I encourage you, do come to prayer meetings. But I encourage you more so, when you gather to pray, let those prayers be the overflow of a sustained prayer life. Let the prayers in those times be the overflow of a prayer life that is unseen. Do not use them as your only time.
Then Jesus again gives another warning. Prayer isn't about babbling random words or thinking of as many words as you can. I used to do this. I've got no shame. I grew up in church. I definitely used to listen to different people's prayers, take the words that sounded sophisticated, and then when I prayed, I would just bring them all together. And it made zero sense. It sounded awesome, but made no sense. Why? Because I just felt like the important thing to do was pray. It was to pray prayers that sounded like prayers. What I didn't realize was, and as we see here, it's about the prayer, not the words. So I want us to stop as we listen to this passage, and I want you to hold it tightly. Because if it does for you what it's done for me this week, I believe it will redefine your prayer life. Because this short passage has redefined the way that I view prayer. Verse 7. If you're one of those people that highlights your Bible, when you get back, highlight it. Way under-highlighted. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And this is why I love it. It tells me this. I have the privilege of being a dad. It tells me this, that when Evie comes to me, And when all that she really manages as a word is daddy and puts her arms out to me, my response is to embrace her. There's nothing more. There's no great explanation by her. There's no reasoning or ransom. She's not earning anything. The relationship is in place. When she comes to me, I will open up my arms and I will embrace her. God isn't looking for me to earn the right to come to the table. God isn't waiting for me to conjure the magic word that I've pulled from everyone else's elaborate prayers. He doesn't need the long prayers with the clever words or the articulated theologies. God, my heavenly Father, creator God, wants me. Wants me wants you. I tell you now, I will give Evie a cuddle whenever she wants one. There is no need for words. That's how I respond as a father. So then when we look at this amazing passage in Luke, we see this. Luke 11, 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil, and he's talking about me there, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? We are reading that God's saying, you know what, the best efforts that you can do, and you think you are being loving to your children, the best efforts that you bring are nothing compared to what God will bring to the table. God is not looking for clever words. He's looking for our hearts. He's looking for us to come to him. Why is this simple verse that doesn't really talk about anything positive going to change your prayer life? Because Jesus tells us, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask him. How do you have a healthy prayer life? Pray. Pray. How do you have a faithful prayer life and how do you have a fruitful prayer life? Pray. How do I pray? Every time you want to put a butt butt in the way, pray. 
Prayer is the focus. It's not like one day I left my house and I decided the next girl I meet, I'm going to propose to, which should encourage many of you when you look at me in law. But I didn't decide that. I didn't just think, you know what, I'm going to walk out my house, I'm going to see someone, I'm going to propose, we're going to be married, everything's going to be rosy. No, what happened is we built relationship. We spent time together, we conversed. I was classy. I took Laura to a Sainsbury's cafe for our first date. But we talked. And we talked, and we built relationship, and we got to know each other. And our relationship grew deeper. We'd spend time with each other. Got to know other, each other's silly little quirks. And you know what? Still to this day, every time we stop and we talk properly, our relationship grows deeper. The clue, I think, is in Genesis. If we are made in God's image, if we are made in God's image as it tells us in the Genesis account, and that we as humans communicate and spend time together and deepen our relationships with one another, if that's how we do it and we are made in the image of God, then maybe, just maybe, God wants us to spend time with him, to communicate with him, to grow closer to him. Maybe it's not about all the words we say. Maybe it's about being fully present when we pray. Those words, those prayers don't need to be heard by others and they do not need to be long. Please be encouraged by this. Prayer is not a trick that you learn by spending large amounts of time in church. It's not some secret pass that we give out when people have been here for enough years. Prayer is not a test paper. There is no pass or fail to your prayer life. Prayer is very simply, it's very purest, you and God in a conversation. You and God in a conversation. It can happen anywhere, at any time. And just let it sink in, those things I said at the start, created the earth and the plants and the waters, made animals, animals that can breathe underwater, animals that can fly, animals that run around at ridiculous speeds. He made all of those things. He made us. He sent Jesus to the cross, and yet still he says, I am willing to have a conversation with you. In fact, it's not just that I'm willing to have a conversation with you. I desire a relationship with you. I want to know you. I want you to come to me with the things that are going on in your life. I don't just want it to happen on a Sunday in church. I want it to happen every day. Every day. You are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You were knitted together with the DNA of God in your very being. He gives us a manual and a guidebook and an incredible account of how his son lived on the earth in the Bible. And then we have prayer. I honestly am coming to the conclusion the odds are stacked in our favor. The odds are stacked in our favor. Why? Because God is with us. God is with us. Prayer is a conversation between you and God. 